You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. Our mission is to reach people, release heaven, and restore culture, sharing in the love of Jesus and all we do. We hope you enjoy this message. It's good to see everybody. Um, last week, we had our, uh, our movie night here. I don't know if you guys got a chance to attend it. Uh, we watched a fun family movie and had couches out everywhere. Um, we had candy and pizza and popcorn, and my daughter, Margaret, ate a lot of candy. <laughs> and this is after she had gone to a uh, birthday party early in the day and had lots of candy. <laughs> And cupcakes and cake, and then last that, that night she got sick, you know. So she comes into the room and like uh, we were sleeping, and she's like, "Daddy, I got you up," and and uh, and so we we helped out with that. Well, the next night we got done with dinner, and uh, and she's like, "Daddy, can I have some dessert?" And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> like, "Margaret, no." And she's like, "Why not?" And well. You, you were sick, you know, just last night? No. And uh, she's like, Daddy, you were dreaming. <laughs> and then uh, she shares a room with two other of our daughters, and one of them was right there and said, Margaret, I saw you and smelled you throw up. And so Margaret turns to her and says, you were dreaming too. You were all dreaming. (laughs) And Paul says, "Uh, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things, but I press on forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. (laughs) And so if she would have said that next, she would have gotten whatever she wanted. (laughs) And there is that desire that, that all of us uh, do recognize that, that always is groaning within us, uh, that, that we just want more of. And in Jesus, that uh, appetite and that filling you know, never leaves us sick. It will at times leave us with uh, a longing or a feeling at times even of, of something that uh, is, is lost um, for a time. And so today I wanted to talk about that dynamic uh, through the lens of what was going on at the Last Supper. Uh, John queued it up nicely for me with communion today. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit in these last weeks uh, of kind of what is happening at times through, uh, through suffering, and, uh, but then also today uh, how we can experience uh, those, those joys returning and coming back. Because that is the, the pattern of our life as Christians. Uh, we can have cupcake and candy and Jesus, right? Um, and, uh, and then we may have the longing, uh, but it's for the purpose of it also coming back in full uh, without measuring, without it being uh, lost. And so I wanted to jump in with that. And it's a, it's a common thing that we will uh, have. Like we just had a fantastic worship service. And, and so Sundays there are these highs or maybe sometimes you're reading in the scriptures and you just have this intimacy with God and, uh, and so I'm going to talk about that. And at the end of the service, we're going to go into a time of actually how to um, experience this shift that goes from kind of like a longing or maybe even a sorrow at times, and then how we can begin to let that lift off of us into uh, a time of, of genuine rejoicing. Uh, what John did last week was so inspiring to me. I'm going to steal some of what he was doing, and, and at the end, we're going to have a very interactive time. Uh, because I thought last week, if you guys uh, were here, it was a it was a, a breakthrough moment for us, where it felt like there was a you know a piercing uh, between the veil. Uh, we go from glory to glory, and so the, the heavens are always open for us. But there's times where we will experience a, a new revelation of Jesus, and He was giving that to our house, um, and and He was giving that specifically to our house. Um, you know, He's always revealing the fullness of who He is to all peoples at all times. Um, and yet, when we gather together in groups, when we celebrate him, there's also something that he's speaking to us as a body. And that's why it's so important to gather together like this live, uh, why it's so important to come together and worship. Because he's a good shepherd, he's our king, and he likes to speak to his sheep. He likes to let us know that he is in uh, absolute charge of this world, that, that he is the one who, who helps and can add power and strength to our decisions. And, 
He's, he's wanting for us to hear his voice and to let uh, us know his tenderness toward us and his strength, you know, his cleansing. And, and that's a grace that, that we want to cultivate here uh, as a body. And so it is, it is uh, onto us, like John was saying, to give him praise, to pierce through, and then to respond as he's moving. He is going to be moving today, and so I just want to prepare us for that through the message, through the teaching. Uh, so I do want to look first at that Last Supper. Uh, it is a time... If you, uh, if you guys have ever felt like me where you, you felt like you're on the outside looking into something very special, uh, that you can't always quite find yourself in the inner group or that inner circle where the decisions are made, where the power is being uh, shifted around, where you know, people are actually being known and cared about, we all might feel that way at various different times. We want to be at, at times in on the, the business, you know, in on the decisions, maybe even have a contribution to it at times. Uh, Jesus here at the Last Supper, in the most clearest revelation that you'll find in all of Scripture, has invited you and I into that place. He's done it through uh, what he's done uh, in his resurrection for us, uh, and, and the Scriptures are there to help us enter into it. Uh, I, you know, all of the words uh, that are in this book are, are breathed by him, and, and they're, they're effective for us to grow and strengthen him. And, and, and so there, there's, there's no hierarchy there. That said, uh, this little group of passages, for me personally, is my favorite part of the scriptures. I, I go into it all the time. Uh, these last weeks, I've been meditating a lot uh, on the death of Jesus and, and just watching what happened to him on the cross, watching his incredible devotion to the Father and to uh, all of us and withholding you know, harshness and, and ju- judgment and punishment and instead always lending himself towards forgiveness, uh, towards kindness and mercy, uh, always uh, with a look up to the Father. Um, and it is said you know, through believers over the centuries that if we can meditate on his death and our death, you will find a resurrection life there. And, and so it, it's, not, it's not a heavy thing. It may seem like that. But when you meditate on the death of Jesus, specifically what he went through on the cross and all that he suffered, you will, as you peer more and more into his heart and life, you will find a resurrection rising up within you. Because what he was doing at that time was taken upon your death. So let's get into that. So I want to start first with Mark 14, <clears throat> verse 17 and following. Uh, when evening came, so Jesus is there at uh, the Last Supper. So he's got this little upper room in a house that's there in Jerusalem. And it's a set-apart space where his best friends uh, are going to be there. Um, and night comes. And, and traditionally within the Jewish world, this was a frequent, uh, it was an annual celebration that happened. And so you had bread, you had four different cups of wine that were going to be there. Um, you know, you might know of it as like a seder. So we do this every year with our family. We'll have the herbs, we'll have the, the salty water, uh, we'll have the, the lamb. And it was done every single year at this time to remind people that they are part of a greater story, the story of Israel, and that they were looking forward to the Messiah coming. And at that meal and at that time, they believed that he was going to come back, embodied in a person, and bring them salvation. And at this meal, Jesus is telling them, I'm the one, and it's time. He is unveiling the plan of God in a, that had been a mystery up until now in a very intimate way. In Mark 14, 17, when he when came, Jesus arrived with the 12. While they were reclining at the table, eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the 12, he replied. One who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born at all. We know through, the, uh, through what is going to be happening later on that the bread is a symbol for his body. And you know, he says this at other places like John 6. Uh, it was a symbol for his, uh, his humanity. Um, and, and he was going to be broken, uh, as we just then uh, partook of communion about. And so he's saying, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to get too mystical with this, but there is a point to this, and it is theologically accurate, that he was saying that I have shared my life with you, and you have shared your life with me like, like we're doing in this cup right now. Yeah. This cup, you know, we, we don't exactly know what was in it. Most people think it was this red wine vinegar or this, like, fish sauce. 
regardless of what it is, and by the way, you know, some would say that that red wine vinegar was a symbol of Joseph's betrayal by his brothers. And, and we can get really deep into that and say that you know, he was sharing this cup with the one who was going to betray him, knowing full and well that he was going to betray him, as a symbol for all of Israel's history coming together and culminating in Jesus, experiencing the betrayal of Joseph for humanity, along with anyone else and everyone else. But that's, again, a different topic. And so Jesus is there, and his body has been shared. You know, his life, these last three and a half, four years, had been shared with his best friends. Not only that, his cup had been shared. He had become man, who was God, not simply that they were of two different natures, but they were in two different natures. God was coming into man, and they were becoming one. It wasn't that all of God was existing purely in Jesus. What it was happening is that all of God was coming into all of humanity. Jesus representing all of humanity in his body. Jesus showing his body in the bread and saying, you have shared in this cup with me. All of you have shared in my life together with this. And one of you who has done that, who has experienced my love and my spirit, is going to betray me. In that place, they were obviously sorrow in that. Uh, but it's a big deal that, that we, we go into a little bit more of what this means. Jesus has shared his life. He, he's literally broken his life and he's, he's dipping it in the cup. Every time he walked on earth with you and I, and every time he was you know, ministering, sleeping, eating, enjoying fellowship, he was opening up his life to them. Any time that he would minister in the power of the Holy Spirit through his words or through his deeds, he was sharing of his spirit, his very life with them. And they were enjoying that cup. And we know this because Jesus had a friend named Peter. And Peter says to Jesus, hey, you know, where else would we go for you have words of life? And so they weren't simply experiencing his humanity, which they were, but they were experiencing his humanity mixed with his divinity. They were experiencing the spirit and man coming together as one, as it had always made to be. And so there was his there was best friend that was there, and he was saying that I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be eventually hung up on a cross. And that was a startling revelation for them, and it was also a very sorrowful one, but they were beginning to believe it. Up until this point, they actually hadn't. But I'm sharing this cup with you, you know, with the one who's going to betray me. I'm, I'm going to share my life with your sinfulness. I'm going to share my life with your betrayal of me. I'm going to share all of it, knowing good and well that I'm going to be rejected by you all, or in this case, by Judas. And so he was entering in, and it's showing symbolically that God was entering into humanity, humanity's weakness, and humanity's sinfulness. Your and I's you know, humanity, our weaknesses, and our sinfulness. And because all of sin was placed upon him at the cross, and he was synthesized in a, in a sense with it. He never partook of it himself, but he became one with sin in that. And all of our humanity up to that point, the, the fallen nature, which is represented in the body, the bread that you know is going to end up uh, in the trash, or it's going to end up uh, burned away. It's going to it's going to end up decomposing. However you want to say it. That humanity uh, was dying in Jesus. And so when we take the bread and eat it just like we did, we are declaring his death and humanity's death. That, that we agree that this finiteness is going to die. This finiteness itself, you know, is, is going to end. And all of us, you know, in some ways, we... we uh, we are aware of it, hopefully. Uh, it's worth meditating on. Uh, it's wisdom to do so, to number your day. You'll get a heart of wisdom. Um, as you do this over the course of time, you will realize that there is a life in Christ that goes beyond this. And so it's healthy and wise to do this. Jesus was allowing his humanity to blend with divinity and then let that humanity's weaknesses and even its death itself be shared with those. And that makes me happy. Because here's a group of guys, 12 knuckleheads, um, you know, and I'm sorry, all humanity, we're all knuckleheads, you know. Uh, Jesus would go as far as to say that all of humanity was evil, you know, and so we're, we're all a mess. Um, and, uh, and so here they all come in, and Jesus is saying, hey, I'm sharing my body with you, I'm sharing my life with you in this cup. And it's a symbol, and it's also a reality I can only, as I'm preaching or even writing these words, can only specify to a point, but at some point this is becoming a mystery. And today we're going to walk through a little bit of that mystery. 
Later on, um, now I'm switching over to John 16, 16. Jesus says, a little while, and you will see me no longer, and again a little while, and then you will see me. So some of the disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. Again, in a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father, so they were saying, what does this mean? By a little while. We do not know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, is this what you're asking of yourselves? What I meant by saying, a little while, you will not see me, and then again, in a little while, you will see me. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. And if you guys have experienced that as men, it's a terrifying aspect. It's scary enough, you know, uh, knowing that, you know, we're going to have a baby and responsibility. It's, it's even more scary in some ways to see your wife suffering in the middle of that place because it, it transforms her. You know, she's got to go through pain, and we can't do anything about that. It's, 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 it's happening. It's coming upon us. And for all of us, Lord, that all of us that have been able to be part of those experiences or know who those that are, it's, it's, a, it's a transformative thing that makes you feel very, very vulnerable because there's nothing you can do to stop it. And Jesus is standing here that you will weep and you will lament, just as a baby does. Uh, but when the baby has been delivered, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. And so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. So they're, they're hanging out with Jesus. They've got joy. He is perfect God, perfect man, synthesized into one. So they're experiencing, when they're with him, the, the, the tender love of a, of a friend, the, the strong confidence of a leader, the wise king knowledge of one who knows exactly what's going on in their heart, the power to deliver from Satan, the power of, you know, the one to help raise the dead. They're experiencing man and God. You know, like when, when they would be sitting around a table and, and you know, uh, just hanging out just as guys, as dudes. At some point, one of them's going to ask, like, those silly questions that sometimes we ask. And he was going to be there to, you know, maybe look at them like, I can't believe you even asked that. Because there was that time where Peter was saying to Jesus uh, on the transfiguration, hey, how about we make tents and temple, all that stuff, while we see Moses and Elijah here? And Jesus just kind of looks at him, and it says in the scriptures, and just walked right past Peter. <laughs> and so I, I just, I, I love the, the humanity to it. And if you guys have seen that, the show, The Chosen, that's been out right now, there's, there's a lot of uh, that kind of camaraderie that was there. So he was a, he was a friend that was a human. Uh, but he was also that, that friend that was, that was fully divine, that was, that was immersed. When, when Jesus came upon Mary in what's called the Assumption, perfect God came into fallen weak man and, and became one with that. And so he took on the, the form of our weaknesses, you know, a, a flesh that was going to die. And, uh, and so, so here it is. And, and so they had joy at knowing Jesus, and they had joy at knowing God and, and through Jesus. But then Jesus is going to be crucified, and then they would know sorrow and lament. And I just want to encourage you guys that when we have experiences of God, like in worship or maybe our mountaintop moments, maybe it's in prayer by ourselves in the prayer closet, you're going to encounter Jesus, and it's going to be great joy with you. And that's, that's as it should be. You know, we encounter Jesus in the Lord, and, and we feel his closeness. You know, we, we, we know that we know that he sees us. We know that we're known now. We know that we're heard. We, we know that we, we can be loved, therefore, because we're actually known by somebody and that somebody loves us. We can, we can feel the penetration of his light into us, and he, he's, he does like a full CT scan and says, hey, this is what I've seen, and I love it. You know, uh, this, is our, this is our God, and we feel so special. And then, for a lot of reasons, the dissipation, if you will, of the awareness of his presence happens, and we begin to feel sorrowful. We begin to experience uh, that, that sense of loss. Like, what did I do? What did you do? Where did I go? Where did you go? And whatever it might be, and we feel that there's a gap that's there. This is the normal rhythm and flow of Christianity. It was happening here for the disciples, his best friends who'd walked with him for so many years. Now they, in spite of hearing all of his words, they were lamenting. They were sorrowful. And in this season that we're in, at Advent, it's a celebration of the coming of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And, it, and it's an amazing thing. It's such good news that 
host of angels appeared in the sky to shepherds and worshiped like we've never seen before. It was the, the culmination of all God's plans now like happening. And, and it's the greatest news that's ever happened. Uh, it, the whole cosmos has been changed. Now all creation has been reconciled to God. And so there's joy and there's great joy. And then he says, but I'm going to leave you. And, and earlier he says, truly, truly, I said to you, if you knew where I was going, you'd be rejoicing, for I go to the Father who is greater than I. And the Father is greater than the Son. The Son does what the Father says. The Spirit does what the Son, the, the, the son says. And there's a, so there's an, you know, a submissional framework that you know, is there, if you will. And he says, I'm going to go to the, the, the Father who is greater than I. And if you, knew, if you truly knew that, you would not be sorrowful. You would be rejoicing. He says here that you're going to be sorrowful, though. But if you knew where I was going, you'd be rejoicing. And so in that creates space for us to experience uh, hope in the midst of our sorrow. And we're going to get into that uh, here in just a few minutes. But I want to, to lay that groundwork because it didn't have to be that way for the disciples. It, it didn't have to be that they would be sorrowful. He knew that they would be no matter what. Because their flesh was weak, right? He, he was telling his disciples, Peter, James, and John, dude, if you guys would just pray you know, you, you wouldn't, you know, be experiencing maybe some of the things that you're going to have to go through right now. But, you know, because you're sleeping, you've had wine, you're afraid, you're tired, you're emotional, all these things. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so for all of us, I'm going to gently uh, create a challenge for us. Because what I'm going to say is potentially offensive to everyone in this room. <laughs> okay. Um, I was meditating as well this morning. Um, my grandparents, they passed away, all of them now have, and, uh, and they're all with the Lord. And, uh, and I, was, I was giving thanks to God because I, I, it's like I could, I could experience their joy just for a brief moment. I was experiencing the joy that my, my, my grandmom has, who's in the full presence of Jesus right now. You know, a, a bliss unexplainable, but bliss beyond our, our wildest imagination. She was in the full, and she is in the fullness of his glory. And that made me so happy. I, I mean, I, I, it, is made me, it still makes me so emotional just thinking about that, that, um, that those that have gone before us, they, they are meant to, we all, to have the fullness of hope and fullness of love fully given over to us. And that's where they are right now. And that's one of the things that we are looking forward to uh, as Christians. And that's one of the antidotes to what I'm going to say because in his humanity, they had gotten to know him. And, uh, and, and yet, it was also in his divinity attached to the Father that they had come to, to love him, because perfect love comes from the Father. And so, uh, I'm going to walk you through a bit of ways that we can begin to help go through a healthy lament in a time around Christmas where all of us around family are reminded of some things that are missing at times, even loved ones. And so... We, you and I, Jesus, are made in the image of the Father. And so we, we physically represent God. And, and so when, when each of us gets to know whoever it is in humanity, whether they're believers or not, uh, you're getting to know the face of God, you know, physically. You know, e each of us in, in various forms of our body, shape, sizes, whatever it is, we are, we are encountering the goodness of God through the image that has been revealed in each of you who have been created. Each of you are created in the image of God. There's, there is wonderful goodness happening way outside the church because people who represent God are, are doing what the nature of God in them is doing. And so in getting to know folks that are in their humanity, we, we, we find that we love them. We find that we love their humor. We find that we are amazed at their magical ability to, to make little mouses come alive on TV screens like Disney does. And, and, uh, and, and we are in awe and wonder at some of the things that humanity has done and, and their creativity, their goodness, their compassion, their love. I, one of my favorite... Um, Basketball teams is the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know why. Uh, I used to live in Memphis, but they, they've always been bad. Um, uh, but they, they retired uh, Zach Randolph's uh, jersey this, uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, and, and he was a bruiser. You know, he, was, he was a tough guy. But, man, he helped transform that community. He constantly gave himself over uh, to the people that are there. And I have no idea if he's a Christian or not. That, that doesn't matter. Like, he was showing the goodness of God you know, to the people that are there, his goodness is revealed. That's the song that we were singing. Like, we are first made good. And in Christ, that's being redeemed. But when we encounter people that are made in the image of God, we will nonetheless feel a goodness around them. We will feel loved. We will feel that we have someone to love. All those things. When that person is gone, or when a job that we love is gone, or an opportunity to get our hands into something that we really love and that's gone, 
whatever that we're doing that we really find goodness in and we suddenly, for whatever reason now, don't have it, we'll experience that as loss. I want to challenge you that that loss, uh, that what you had first, uh, excuse me, was there to, to fully reveal the nature of God in and through that which you were experiencing. So the, the humanity of Jesus was revealing the nature of God, the nature of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father is invisible. And so if you're seeing me, you're seeing the Father. And if you love me, what you're loving in me is actually the Father. It goes beyond our, our, our humanity to a sense. And so our ability to create things with our hands, our ability to love all the creation that's out there, they're a reflection of the Father. And so if we miss those things for a time, we can remember back, wait a second, it was actually not the thing I'm, I'm missing. It's actually the, the one that I actually have that I can go to now. It's like this, like if you have a loved one and this person showed you uh, tremendous uh, you know, kindness uh, and graciousness, like my, my nana, she would always make for me the scrambled eggs and the bacon and the grits every time I was with her, and never, every time I asked, every single time. And I just felt like I was a king around her. And so with my nana, I always felt tremendously loved and valued. When she was gone, and she is gone, it's not like I don't have value now, but I just can't find it in her, but I might experience that as a loss. And so for all of us, we'll go through times when we're missing something, and that which we are missing is to remind us of that which we have in Christ. Because he was there saying, truly I say to you, if you knew where I was going, you'd be rejoicing, because I go to the Father who's greater than I am. If, if you truly had love in your heart for me, you'd be happy that I was there. I'm happy that my Nana's there, more so than she's with me now. And, and, and that's the offensive part. Because some of us want to hold on to, you know, I, yeah, but I'm, you don't know my pain, you don't know what I'm lost. I, I, I don't, I might not, but I know what you have. And so what we let go of when we say, I, I want to have value, I want to feel like a king, but can't, and I'm willing to let it go here. I want to give you thanks, God, for what you've shown of yourself through this person. I can now receive it through Jesus Christ and what he's given to us through the Father and the Holy Spirit. Because I go away, I will send you a helper who's going to also show all you all these things, teach you all these things, and fill you with all this truth. And he's going to fill you. And you won't lack anything. Now, these 12 guys that are around the table, you know, and, and maybe you know, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, and, and some others, maybe they were there as well. We don't fully know. But they have different agendas that are there. They have different things that maybe they were, were lacking. Like Peter wanted Jesus to come as a revolutionary and, uh, you know, and, and be the, become the king and, and let Israel rise up again and become the, the kingdom of all kingdoms and to show the glory of God, to show how amazing he is. But that's what he was wanted, a triumphant king. There was a zealot named Simon who had the same similar kind of a idea. And all the different ones that were, that were around the table, they had different hopes and dreams. And they were experiencing their own personal loss. And each of us, uniquely made in, in the image of God, you have a unique calling, and at times you'll experience a unique sense of loss. That's, that's, that's completely your own. You know? and, and it's actually a reflection of the beauty that you have within you, if you can uh, kind of get there. Um, and so what, uh, the reason why that's important is because the, the various weaknesses that Jesus took on himself, you know, again, the body was broken, he's dipping it right there, he became our weakness those weaknesses that those guys were feeling because they didn't have the strength of faith, he was already taken upon himself through taking on humanity. And so where Peter might have said, you know, I want a revolutionary king. I want one who's going to be there always. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I'm going to take that upon myself, that unique weakness, and I, I want to comfort you in that place. I want, to, I want to comfort you uniquely, Peter, in that place. So when we experience the sorrow of the dissipation of his presence, we can also begin to ask him to uniquely experience what we are suffering. Uh, because Hebrews 4, 15, I think we talked about it last time, is that not only does he sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but he actually suffers with us in our weakness. And he has suffered with us. And so you and I, we come in this season and come in every single day with a unique sense of lament or a unique sense of loss. And you know, it's, it's very personal to us. Maybe you have a, a company that you know, you've been working for or that, that you help run, and you've wanted it to be one of the, the, the most productive and wealthy ones in, in, in the world, maybe maybe in the nation, whatever it might be, so that you can generously give to all the needs that are out there, but you haven't yet felt like that's happened yet. Um, and and you, you feel like, man, you're not measuring up or something like that. 
um, he's here to say this morning, like, hey, I, I, love, I love the desire that you have for that. I, I love that. I want to meet you in that place, lament with you, and then get you into a place where we find resurrection. Or maybe that you've been a parent, and you've seen your kids kind of go wayward, and you think, maybe I blew it. Maybe there's something more I should have done. Uh, I want so badly for them to see how great the love that I have for them and also God has for them. And he's here to say, hey, I have that same desire in there as well. Where you feel weak that you're maybe not able to help them right where they are, I can meet you in that place. Maybe you feel like you're, you're constantly sinning. You're constantly falling short. You can't get over those things over and over and over again that you struggle with. He actually entered into that weakness. Um, he didn't sin, but he was tempted in all these ways. And so he knows what it feels like to be so utterly weak that you're just tired sometimes and you just you give up. And, and <laughs> sometimes, friends, like we, we give up to recognize that we actually haven't been given up on. And so wherever you are on that scale, when he entered into our humanity, he took on the fullness thereof. And then he took into account your own uh, very nature. Um, I'm going to go into this. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. There's, there's some more to get into because this, um, these earthly bodies we have, um, th- this is not a representation of our new humanity. Uh, the weaknesses that we have in our bodies here and in, in, in our will and our emotions, that, that's not representative any longer of our humanity. He came in the spirit. He died in the ground. And then he was raised up a spiritual body in 1 Corinthians 15. And we who are in him, we will be raised up as spiritual bodies as well, somehow mystically combined nonetheless with these physical bodies, but we will be raised up in a, in a completely different form. Jesus came and he showed us what it's like to live in these broken bodies, and if we have hope in him, we will be resurrected into spiritual bodies that are somehow still united to this land and, and to our physicality. But the point of saying that is that um, some people will try to make uh, Jesus into the humanity that they see around them, and, and you, don't, you don't want to do that. Uh, you know, he was fully God, fully man, but he's resurrected in a way that helps us to see that we, are, we, we have a hope way beyond our limitations here. I love incarnational theology. I, I really value just getting into the dirt of life and, and trudging with the difficulties of people. When you hope in Jesus that this is not the best that's to come, you are hoping correctly, the, 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 the John says. And so we, we do not conform Jesus to this, this broken earth that we are having uh, here on earth. Um, all right, so I, uh, I'm going to take us through uh, first setting up, and then we're going to do the actual uh, ministry time in a second. So um, it's really important for us to go through, nonetheless, those times of sorrow and lament to kind of cleanse the, uh, the air, so to speak. And all of us have that. And so this isn't meant to be like a real heavy time. We're going to go through it actually kind of quickly. Uh, Jesus uh, tells us in Isaiah 53, he took on your pains and your sorrows on the cross. And, and that's a past tense verb. As, as uh, Isaiah is looking prophetically in the future, he's looking back. He took your pains and your sorrows upon himself. He became sorrow man in, in some translations, you could say that. And so he took your pains, he took your sorrows upon himself. And so therefore, you can leave your pains and your sorrows behind. It's like they were a dream in the past that you threw up. And <laughs> you can do this. Um, you have been given the mind of Jesus, it says in the scriptures, and you've been given the heart and the spirit in the scriptures. Okay? Um, it's hard to imagine it sometimes. All right? Um, and, and gosh, I, I wish I could have some more time for this. Um, when, when Jesus showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration... He shone like, like the sun. He was so bright. That was a glimpse. I mean, he, he revealed the nature of God, like shining through his humanity. And everyone's like, oh, man. They, they couldn't fully see because they had natural eyes. But even that which they do, they, they do uh, see, it, it is, it is the, the smallest drop in the ocean that you can possibly imagine of his glory. And his glory is actually right now in this room. The, the, the Isaiah 6, the glory of the Lord is all around us. But the knowledge of his glory, the, the knowledge of it yet, is still vastly hidden to us. Okay, so that's why it's difficult. But nonetheless, it's, it's possible. That's why God gives us miracle workers. 
That's why God gives us you know, uh, gifts of faith, gifts of miracles, these kind of things, so that we would have our, our expansive imagination uh, grown so that we can actually experience his glory more than we are right now. And, and we need that. And today he's in the room today to give you that as a gift. There is a, a will that you guys have, a backbone, that you have as a strength to be able to decide upon these things. These are real. I can leave these sorrows. I can leave these pains behind. I can leave them on the cross and experience his resurrection. But you need to go through it first. You know, Jesus says, you, you don't have to, you know, but if it's there, let's go through it. And, and he acknowledged that for all of us, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're all going to blow it, you know, in this. We're, we're all, you know, uh, we're all going to fall short, fall short of his glory in this. We, we've seen some ones like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and David Hogan uh, that they, 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 are, they are up there on their faith level to be experienced the glory realm as they do. And, and I don't know them personally, um, but, but they're still only scratching the surface. Okay. So, uh, so be kind and gentle with yourself. Um, and so I've asked Kelly, if Kelly wouldn't mind coming up uh, to get on the keys here. There she is. How did you do that? <laughs> she is walking in the winter wonderland. That's good, DHA. We, we actually have, like, secretly we have gnomes and uh, little elves. That, that live behind the trees that are in there, and, and Kelly's not a gnome, but, um, <laughs> but she's a wonder worker, you know. <laughs> um, so she's going to begin to play for us, and I'm just going to walk us through a time, and the first part of what I'm going to do is help you guys uh, to grieve and to lament safely. Um, you know, maybe you're young enough that you haven't experienced a lot of, like, difficulties or losses, and, and praise God for that. Um, and, and you don't have to, you're no hero in the kingdom if you've never experienced tremendous sorrow and suffering. You know, uh, that, that's no badge uh, for any of us. Um, but the Lord will show himself through it. Uh, but most of us in here, uh, as, we, as we hit the, the Advent time and, and just in general in life, it's been a hard couple of years. We need spaces where we can lament. Um, and I, by, by lament, I mean like let God know the various sorrows that the, the, the disciples here experienced or whatever it is that's on your heart. And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, who is perfect light, to give you a safe space to bring these things to the surface, whatever they might be. And, and then we're going to go to a time after that of experiencing resurrection. Uh, in Jesus, God was reconciling the world to himself. And through his death, we have life. How much more through his life will we have salvation? How much more through his life? And so his life is here also. His resurrection, his resurrection is here as well. And so you will experience his resurrection life, giving you his, his knowledge, his wisdom, his help, his cleansing. There's a power at work in the, in the room right now to do that. And so if you wouldn't mind, I'm gonna ask that you trust me with this. And better than trust me, trust the Lord in this. Jesus, he is the good shepherd. He leads his sheep well. You can hear his voice. He has not left us, nor he will he ever forsake you. He's here to speak to you tenderly, as he always does. If you have doubts right now, he is tender and gentle with those who doubt. Jude 22. If you, uh, for whatever reason, that you've experienced uh, loss, you know, there, there's been the death of a loved one, a close loved one, loss of business, loss of income, loss of you know, physical weakness, um, or actually experiencing physical weakness, loss of friendships. And Father, I ask now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would give to us right now the gift that your son Jesus died to give us, which is your Holy Spirit. Jesus, you, you have permission to look into the eyes and the faces of those whom you delight in and touch that place that you would like to take because you've already taken these on the cross. And so I, I ask that you would shine your light and touch those places and begin to touch those places in the room where people have experienced some form of loss, where there's been sorrow, And this can come through even our own sicknesses. And so begin to, to shine your light there, Lord. And, and you, you teach us to lament at times, which means to, to let our emotions 
come into the light, to let our heart, even with you, know that because you suffer with us, you sympathize with us, because you have made our nature union with the nature of God. You have created a a one nature with the two, that we don't share these things alone. We don't experience these things alone any longer. So I ask for faith to rise up as a gift in all of us to know that whatever it is that we have been heavy with, oppressed with, that you have experiences with us. And now as we let you touch these areas, that you would allow us, Lord, to, to grieve with you, to let us know your fellowship. like to lament and weep as you did over your people in Jerusalem who didn't know how to come to you and wouldn't come to you. You know what it's like to be betrayed. You know what it's like to experience loss as your own dad died. Jesus, you know in your own weakness what it was like to hang on a cross and and be able to do nothing by your will to remain vulnerable to the mockings of people. You know what it's like to be made fun of. You know what it's like, therefore, to experience the the failings of mankind and failure. And Lord, I especially sense that that's a big one for a lot of folks in the room that in some way they have felt like they are failures. Like they have failed, but also that who they are as people is failure. Whatever failures, whatever evils, Lord, that we found within ourselves in humanity, you you became that, you took that. And so I ask that that lamenting, Lord, will be done now in fellowship with you. Who knows what that's like to experience that? Some have felt abandoned and alone, left behind, forgotten, lost. some that felt overlooked. Some of you found something in yourself that you you didn't know was there and it it surprised you and it grieved you and it scared you a little bit to know that that whatever that was was inside of you. is with you right now to take that, to take the the shame of it. Some of you think that that it's your just your nature that you can't change. So even before, even before there was sin in you, you were considered good. But if you want to go back even before creation, before the foundation of the world, you were considered holy. And before the foundation of the world, the Lord actually already had a covenant. He, he was the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world, creating a covenant already to choose you. And so but before you have had that thing, whatever it is, it has already been accounted for. And there's a power greater than or deeper than or before even. Whatever that thing that you feel completely helpless against. Some have felt confusion and the grief of that. Like they can't connect with the Father because they're confused. Thank you for entering into that right now, Jesus. 
And there's, there's just loved ones. There, there are people that we have loved dearly that were made in your image, that showed us kindness, that protected us, that gave us unconditional love, that prayed for us, that were a steady rock for us. And they're not here. They have gone on. They have gone on to be with you. And we can rejoice they are with you who is greater than us, Father. But we who are here, nonetheless, we will experience sorrow at times there. And for those, Lord, I, I ask that you would touch them there. In your goodness, you revealed your face and your grace, your presence through these people. They were our security at times. They took the time to know you. You can always call them. They'll be there for you. Father, I want to transition us now. As we as we brought these things up, it is now for your son Jesus to bring resurrection to these places. And I, I, I do call on you now, Father, in the name of Jesus, to bring forth resurrection life to each of these areas that you have touched. Your sheep, Lord, they have been courageous and trusting of you to let you into these spaces, these holy and sacred spaces in their life. And so I ask now, through your grace, that you would reveal your son Jesus on the cross, taking these things. And so, Father, whether that's actually a picture that you show people right now in this room, of Jesus taking their pains, their sorrows, and literally lifting them out of, off, reaching in if they have to, and pulling it out of them. And by faith, all of us now leaving those on Jesus. Holy Spirit, this is what you love to do. For some of us, you're going to have a different kind of experience where you're going to experience just his warmth, just his power. It's like it's coming in right now. And it's it's like, you know, <laughs> it's a grace. It's like supernatural hands that can reach in you and just pull it out. Uh, some of you, it's just going to feel like it's just, it's just like, like a vacuum cleaner just being sucked out right now. over all of these areas, how much more now, Jesus, will your resurrection bring life and salvation? Salvation is power, is deliverance, it is healing, it is joy. And so that which people in here, even through doubt, believe cannot be resurrected. I declare resurrection now. I declare that Jesus Christ, because of your faith in Jesus right now, there is resurrection for you in that area. And so that's going to be an emotional lift right now. There's going to be a lightning right now because you have trusted Jesus with these pains and sorrows to lead them on him. You will experience a lightning of these things, a removal of these things. Yet there's heads right now that are becoming cleared. It's like fog was lifting out of them. And I thank you for this, Jesus, right now. Thank you for giving the mind of Jesus Christ right now into this room. There is clarity. There is a revelation. And it's like clean thoughts. It's like for the first time in a long time, you're experiencing clean thoughts. I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for this right now. There is uh, like innocence, like like uh, like pure innocence. You know, that, that's like clean water. Uh, that that for many of you in here, you're experiencing that as, as a, just an experience of the nature of God in you now. Because there is a resurrection life that's now in you. You have received Jesus as your Savior, and He gives to you His Holy Spirit. He has promised to do so as a down payment of your resurrection that's to come. You will have a spiritual body. You'll be able to dance with Jesus when he returns. You'll be able to run with him. You'll be able to leap over the mountains. You will be given that spiritual body. And all those that you know that have you have loved, Father, I ask for a revelation right now, in faith right now, to know that those saints, like we see in Revelation, are, are rejoicing around the throne room of God. They, they, are, they are lifted into the, the, the greatest bliss possible. Reveal that greatest bliss, Lord, in the same way that you've given it to them. Lord, let us know it now. 
in the same way that you gave a transfiguration moment to encourage Peter, James, and John, give us the bliss that you and our loved ones who have gone before us experience right now in your throne room. Let us know just even a taste of that. Let us know these things, God. For those where have you felt like a, a failure, I, I just declare life in that place. Because of your simple abiding in Jesus, you are declared a success. <laughs> you are declared prosperous. You are declared wealthy. You are dis- declared productive. You are in his image like him, and you have been faithful because of your simple faith in Jesus. You are his delight. Father, there have been many that have not been able to see your face as they, as they seek you. They have not ex- heard your voice in a while. They, they have not experienced your presence right now. Lord, I, I just see that you are revealing your face, shining upon your people. And so sometimes that is going to look simply like you're experiencing his peace or his joy. Sometimes you may actually see a picture. For some of you, that's going to be just words that are going through your heart like scripture. However that is for you, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would now walk around, so to speak, in this room and just begin to lay hands on everyone in here. Thank you for releasing even angelic assignments in this room right now that are stirring up things like healing in our physical bodies. That which people walked in with stress with and it was, it was causing like ache in the middle of their back and the top part of the back. Thank you, Lord, for lifting that and bringing healing to that place right now. And for your angels coming in, it's like I see straightening backs right now. Uh, maybe backs that were curved too much now are being straightened as they should be. I thank you for that, God. And there's like pain on the base of the, the head and the, the top part of the, the neck and it's been causing migraines and that kind of stuff. I just declare healing over that place because you have had a revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ where there were formerly things that you were stressed about at work and your job or in the lives of relationships and family and friends. Where that place was before, there is now an ease because you see that Jesus is gonna take care of your friends' pains. He's gonna take care of your business issues. He is there to relieve you of that sense of heaviness that's there because it's not on your shoulders alone, it's on his shoulders with you. And his burden is easy and his yoke is light. He is joined in with your humanity, so you are not alone in bearing these things. And so Holy Spirit, as that heaviness has been removed and the resurrection has come there, I I just see that that place of tension in the brain is being released and and there's healing that's there. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for that, God. Lord, there's been places where people have had like heartache over people that they love. Like the cares of the world have been too heavy for them because they haven't recognized or known your resurrection at work all around them, your glory at work all around them. So now they can, and they have let go of these areas of their life and they can trust you with it. And there is a lightening of those things right now in the people's lives. And there is a release, Lord, where, where there was once grief, there was just like this bubbling up right now of joy in your folks' life. And I thank you for that, God, right now. I thank you that you're fulfilling Isaiah 61, Lord, that you're giving garments of praise right now, that there is joy being released in this place, God. There is joy. And if you feel like singing right now, please feel the freedom to do so. This is not a place where you have to do anything right now. You can be completely yourself. And if you just want to shout, you can. So I just thank you right now for your work, Holy Spirit, that you're doing in this room right now. There is new life that's being released, and I thank you for it. And I'm going to continue to minister in this place. So again, I declare resurrection. You are purified when you see Jesus and know that you are going to be just like him when he is revealed. You don't yet know who you are, but when you see him, when he returns, you will see him face to face and those who hope such will be purified. And so Father, I just call forth hope to rise up in this room right now. Hope in all places. Hope right now that you will uh, reveal your son Jesus. Hope, Lord, that as we set our hearts and affections upon his return, we ourselves will become further purified. Thank you for doing this, God. Thank you for doing this, God. (laughs) Thank you for doing this. (laughs) So when Jesus is resurrected, there is joy. We we partake of, of this body of his at times. We, we partake of, of his weaknesses at times because they've become ours and he's become ours. And that brings about sorrow and lamenting, but, but it's for the purpose of joy.
going to minister for a little bit of time. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I've been calling out some things. AJ, if you want to come up in a second and grab whatever microphone is there, was there, John's got it. Um, I, I, there's a lot going on in the room right now. There's a lot... Um, there's so much life happening right now. Uh, so there's two things that are going to happen. Uh, one, we're going to get specific and individual with, with some words of knowledge and things that we believe the Lord's doing. Also, I, I, I feel led that there's something that's going to, I'm just going to ask you guys to raise your hands. And if you want um, a touch from the Lord, if you want healing, we're going to do that in community. Jesus is representing the fullness of Israel, fullness of community there at the table, monks community. And, and we ourselves, we are his body here, and I, I, it's to bring us all into community. We, we don't do this alone. I also sense that there are some others that you guys are, there, there's, um, I see gifts being given right now, and some are walking in words of knowledge and prophecy. If you're really feeling quickened, I'm going to take a risk. If you would come up to the front, we're not gonna, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. We're going to just talk with AJ and talk with myself and kind of filter through those things. Uh, but I feel like there's some that are being activated actually in the room. And uh, and so if you feel led that you want to um, share whatever the Lord's, not, not, not prophesying or anything like that, but if there's some things specific like healing or prophecy, we will filter through and then we can deliver that here. Um, all right, so let's, let's first do the individual ones and then we'll do the raise hand, so. Thank you, David. A few things that I was sensing that God was doing in the room um, I believe that God is healing cataracts um, and, and really uh, clarifying that a little bit more. I feel like there's cloudiness and vision. Um, so I feel like if there's anything, if you're having any cloudiness in your vision, um, you're, you're not sure if you're pre-cataracts or, or have cataracts. But I believe that there's something that God is doing in the area of cataracts and touching eyes right now. Um, this is a fun one. I thought that God, uh, I feel like God is, is uh, healing a big toe. I don't know if you jammed it on a piece of furniture or um, if this is a bunion or it's a dislocation or something like that, but I got, I've, I've heard that God was uh, healing big toes. Um, as we were singing in worship, come let us adore him. I was hearing this phrase in, in response back from the father and saying, um, uh, I'm, I'm coming to stop the torment. And I just feel like there's been people in here that have been experiencing demonic torment. Um, you've been experiencing night terrors. You've been experiencing visitations. You've been experiencing um, anxieties that are that are beyond um, the natural. And uh, and I believe that some people in here are actually going to ex experience peace and clarity for the first time. Um, and you haven't known that it's that's that there's life any other way. But I feel like there is peace that is being right now in the name of Jesus. Um, I also saw that God was uh, healing the after effects from strokes or neurological uh, disorders. Um, not limited to, but I also saw the left, the left side of the face. If you're experiencing any um, issues from neurological disorders or um, have experienced a trauma from a stroke, an after effect of a stroke, God's touching you and touching your body right now. Um, I also believe that the Lord is recalling missing or wayward children. God loves families. He puts the lonely in families and he's recalling wayward or missing children. If you have a child in, in your house that has either walked away from the Lord or has walked away from the family, I believe that the Lord is recalling them I believe that he is reaching out in the spirit and bringing back those families into completeness and wholeness in his divine design. I'm stepping out in a, a little area here. Um, two words that I heard, and I don't know if these are real names, screen names, or nicknames, um, but the first word that I heard was Daisy. Um, if, if either Daisy is part of your name or a screen name that you have um, or uh, a, a nickname that you are called, um, then I believe that there's a word for you specifically. Uh, and then the other, the other second one is Trooper. Um, if this is uh, a part of a nickname, screen name, or um, 
maybe even a profession, uh, I want to pray for you. And I uh, believe God is releasing something powerful for you. Okay. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Lord. All right. So, uh, including what AJ just then said, uh, if, if, if you just would like to be just touched by the Lord, if you really are quickened in that kind of way, uh, raise your hand, if you would, please. Uh, everyone, okay, great. Keep, keep my hand up. Hand up, up, up. Uh, all right, great. I'll go over there. Um, and so if you wouldn't mind, if you see a hand raised up next to you, uh, feel free to move toward them and lay your hands upon them, and we're going to pray uh, for each person. And again, if you're receiving something that you really feel quickened in the room to about, please come over here and see AJ. Um, so move along if you want to, if you would, please. Uh, we're going to do this for a couple of minutes. Keep those hands up until you have received someone near to you. And if you still see a hand up, find a person to, uh, yep, someone grab. There you go. Good. Gentleman over here, someone over here, yeah, great. Holy Spirit. Father, I, I thank you so much for the gift of intercession right now that is in the room. You tell us plainly that you live to make intercession for us. And so by faith right now, I believe with all my heart that Jesus, you are the one that's laying hands through your people right now and declaring life and declare resurrection life in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come mightily right now and move upon your people. Mightily now in the name of Jesus Christ, the whole heart of God is for you. He is wholeheartedly for you. He is wholeheartedly for you. He is wholeheartedly for you. The whole heart of God himself is for you. Father, thank you for this. Jesus, come right now in your power and move. Thank you for this, Jesus. He is wholeheartedly for you. Thank you for this. For every person that is laying hands right now, Lord, I thank you for their faith. Give them faith right now, Lord. Let them have your joy, Lord, as you're releasing your power through them. Peter and James would say, gold and silver, I have not. What I do have in the name of Jesus, be healed. It's okay to command healing. It's okay to command what it is that it is ailing them to leave. It's a gift that the Lord has given us. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be delivered. I thank you that your light dispels darkness. And so we don't have to figure out what the darkness is. We say in the name of Jesus, let your light shine. Darkness leave. Now, in the name of Jesus, thank you for removing fear and doubt, especially, and despair in the name of Jesus. I thank you for that and releasing your hope. Father, where it has felt like hope was a long forgotten memory, I thank you that it's being resurrected now in this room. And I thank you for your hope being released right now. Thank you for these things, Jesus. So we want to do one last thing. Uh, it is right and good and fitting to give God glory and to praise him. So uh, I want to start. We're going to praise him just in general. Uh, but I want to first, if, if you've been genuinely touched by Jesus today, this is, this, is, this is to let him and then also his body know of his glory. Would you please uh, raise your hand? Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's good. All right, so let's all stand, or if you uh, would like to remain sitting, you can. But I, I want to invite you now uh, just to thank God. So in your own way right now, just begin just begin to let the Lord know you. I'm going to just let him know how, how special he is. We, we are pressing into worship for a lot of good reasons right now. Lord, you are worthy. You can say it out loud. You can speak it out loud. You can sing it out loud. But just you are worthy, Jesus. 
You are worthy, Lord. We love you. We adore you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. We give to you everything, God. We give to you our very lives, Lord. You are worthy to give everything for. Father, thank you so much for this gift of the Holy Spirit today, Lord. Thank you for teaching us how to lament, how to relieve our burdens, how to experience, therefore, also your resurrection life. Thank you for the simplicity, God, of faith. Thank you for the simplicity of the message today, God. I just, I thank you that this is your message, Jesus, that is so simple. Thank you for these things, Lord. We worship you and we praise you today. If you would like to have any extra prayer, we're going to have some people up front that are, uh, that are praying. Anything else you guys would like to share? Okay. Tonight at 6 p.m., we will be having our prayer meeting for, uh, it's, it's a citywide uh, events that we're going to start hosting next uh, next year in January. It's going to be a big deal. What you all carry in Jesus is a blessing. What you all carry is the blessing. Oh. <clears throat> so please come tonight at six. Please get ready for the new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message or sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.